everybody. Thanks again for joining me here on Take a Knee. I'm Pastor David, and I'm here to talk about what's going on in the world, what's going on in the world of Christianity and how we are as believers fitting into what's going on in this world. You know, everything is kind of changing around us. Most certainly, what is happening in the world today compared to when I first came to Christ back in 1980 Things have sure changed a lot, and so it's good. The Scripture never changes, and we're going to look at that today. So what I want to talk about today is clear-headed thinking, how to be a clear-headed thinker in times when things are just not so clear. So I would mentioned that. There's a lot happening in the world right now. In fact, while I am recording this, there are things happening that are kind of unprecedented as far as I know regarding some major uh, Supreme Court decisions regarding right to life and many different things that uh, that I never thought would happen in my lifetime. Matter of fact, I didn't, you know, I wasn't, I was only 10 years old when 1973 came along and, and uh, didn't really understand what was taking place there. And I've learned so much since that time. And I know there's a lot of emotion, a lot of feeling out there. You know, Jesus, he warned us about such times. He certainly did. He said that in the last days, there would be wars, rumors of wars. There would be, you know, wickedness that would have just really kind of blown our minds. And, uh, you know, I think we all know that that we have been introduced to certain things that kind of shocked us. And so it's not only the, the only time that the church has suffered or a nation has gone through a shaking. There have been wars. There have been some major wars. And World War One, World War Two, the ongoing war, quote unquote, on terror, and these kind of things have brought a shaking to nations, to people, to families, to individuals, and certainly that has brought a lot of suffering. And so it's not new. In fact, you know, Jesus said that these things would increase. So I don't know if they can that get that much worse. Maybe they will. We'll see. But it definitely makes it tricky to know how to respond as a believer. And so two major responses that I think we see often are passive responses or aggressive responses. Passive being, well, you know, I'm just going to let God just sort all this out. You know, it's there's a prophetic, divine, uh, you know, future that that is already laid out. We have the book of Revelation. We have Jesus and his his uh, talking and, and, and sharing of how things would be towards the end when we begin to see the leaves on the trees begin to change. We know we're in the season, so on and so forth. Paul talks about it. And uh, so how do we respond? You know, we could be passive and just say, just let it, it's just, what's going to happen is going to happen. And so I just need to be faithful and, and, and just trust the Lord and keep doing what he's called me to do. And then there's more of an ag- aggressive response. And that is, you know, no, we got to stop this. We got to go out there and we've got to, you know, uh, aggressively face those who are trying to bring evil into our nation or to make laws that are um, what we would deem, you know, unjust. And so I think there's a place of balance there in, in my mind. As long as we still live in a nation like the United States where we can vote and and have a say, as long as we've got free speech as guaranteed or given to us from our Constitution, then we should use every legal means at our disposal to be um, to do what we can. And uh, so I've, I think there's a there's a balance. I think there are times when we have to be 
we have to just trust the Lord and back off. And then there are times we need to speak up and speak out. But guaranteed, this is all going to be something that's led by the Spirit of the Lord. And I think most of you listening to me can agree with that. So in these last days, what I see going on and is this fear-mongering. And, and, and if you've been with me in the last couple of years, you've been reading, you've been watching, you've been, maybe you've listened to pundits and, you know, some of the uh, free thinkers and maybe even a few conspiracy theorists out there. And, you know, you've probably been, been drawn into some interesting thinking. And uh, some of that stuff has come to pass. Come, it, it, What they call conspiracy turned out not to be. But at the same time, I, I really see a lot of fear mongering that creates a lot of self-destructive panic. And that, we don't want to do that. We don't want to be so panicked that we are no longer living. Uh, I also see exploitation through fear and greed. So I, I, I see that those who are taking advantage of what's going on in the world, and I mean really taking advantage by getting people to buy certain things and to do certain things, and a lot of it is just kind of knee-jerk reaction to fear and being exploited by those who are greedy. There's no doubt a lot of that's happening. And then, of course, misinformation and distraction. Gosh, there, you know, it's really, really difficult to know what to believe anymore. I know you're with me on that. And sometimes the misdirection, the, the information that is fed to us, it's, it's, um, wrong on purpose. It's not just that they're wrong because they're ignorant. No, they're wrong and they want us to think wrongly so that we are chasing a rabbit so that we're not thinking about what is really going on. It's kind of the bait and switch or, you know, watch this hand while the other hand is doing something deceptive. So that's going on. And then, of course, the distractions, the false flags, the different things that they say are taking place. And then there's the agitation to create chaos. There are those out there who are purposely trying to agitate to create, I don't know, they say to trying to create a civil war, to cause race riots, to cause, you know, um, you know, chaos among the classes, all of that. It's kind of stuff that historically you've all heard before, but it's like, man, is this going to happen on my watch? Is this going to be something that happens in my lifetime? What is amazing is how much of what the enemy of humanity, and I'm talking about Satan, the devil, of course, the enemy of humanity has, has planned is now being exposed. And let me explain. It, it's, it's interesting, and I think a lot of people are saying this too, that, wow, so much of what was done in the darkness is now being revealed, that we're, there's a lot of people awakening. You know, they've had the great awakening. People have used that terminology, and, and, and those who don't know Christ, they don't know the history of that, the great, the great awakening, the second great awakening, that kind of thing. Well, we're talking about revival there. But, you know, just talking about an awakening of people to the reality of what's going on in our world, what's what's been going on behind our backs. And now it just seems like all of that is being exposed. We kind of call it the ultimate, you know, info leak is taking place. You know, Peter said that we're not unaware of the devil's schemes. Isn't that interesting? That really for Christians, it should be something that we're aware of, that we should know and recognize when the devil is doing something, that he's got a recognizable process that there is a playbook that Satan plays by that we should recognize it. And that means that as Christians, we are likely to discern the devil's activities before we recognize his handiwork. 
I'm sorry, that because we recognize his handiwork, that we're able to discern it because we see his handiwork. And we say, wow, that looks like Satan. You know, it's, it's almost like when you hear a song, you hear a chord, you see a progression, or you see some artwork, and you recognize the pattern, you recognize the handiwork of the artist. Well, in the same way, we can recognize the enemy, what he leaves behind, what he smells like, how how people are being treated, you know, uh, and, 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 and Peter is telling us that. He's saying we can recognize, and it should be able to discern the enemy's processes, we're not unaware of his schemes. Boy, that's a great word, isn't it? When we think in terms of those who are trying to destroy us or trying to deceive us, it's very schemy. As schemes means it's it's planned out, that it's purposeful. It's not by accident at all. It's well thought out. And so we're living in this world and and we're trying to figure how do we how do we live in such times? How do we do it? Well, we got to get a clear head, folks. We got to clear our head because we can be easily played. <laughs> That's a good word because of those things I just mentioned to you. Very easily, you know, the enemy can draw us away. And the next thing you know, we're believing something that's not even biblical or we're chasing a rabbit that leads us away from the truth. So we got to get our head cleared and we got to get our house in order. And, and that's kind of figurative. That's also, you know, spiritual in some ways. But we got we got to get the, our life in order. So it's you know we're not just talking about good ideas and bad ideas here. It takes a bit of time to see that certain decisions are bad ideas. What I mean is you know we make a decision and sometimes it takes a year or two, maybe even longer, for the decisions that we make to finally you know come to roost for the consequences to finally reach us, which is why wisdom is, is such a commodity and, and such a wonderful commodity, a biblical commodity, and, and yet so many people avoid it because it doesn't always feel good. It doesn't feel right. And, you know, to not quickly believe the first thing that you hear. In fact, when it comes to counseling, there's that, that, that saying, it's biblical, the first to present his case is always right. The first time we hear something, we're, we buy in immediately. But wisdom says, no, I, I think I'm going to think about that a little while. I'm going to ask around or I'm going to compare it. I'm going to, to see our general, are there general, generalizations that are causing me to come to a conclusion too soon. And, but when that comes to making a big time life decision, wow, that could really, really get, that could hurt us. See, in Romans chapter 12, one and two, I want to read that. Paul is telling us how to clear our head. Check this out. Therefore, I urge you, he says, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. So we're, all, we're supposed to offer our whole self to him. This is your true and proper, proper worship. We think about worship. I already talked about worship. Paul says it's just, hey, worship is giving it all. Verse 2, do not conform. Check, now listen to this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Wow, so there, the world has a pattern? Yeah, we've just been talking about that. It's, it's a ploy. It's a process. It's, it's, it's a pattern. And you can recognize the pattern because it's been drawn by Satan himself. And it's reproduced generation after generation after generation. 
And so he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. He says, so don't conform, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Conforming is easy. You just do what everybody else is doing. Being transformed is supernatural because that's what God does. And he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So he says, don't don't think like the world thinks. Let God, so this is what I'm talking about, clearing your head. We've got to clear our head and let God clear our head. And that means getting rid of wrong ideas. That means chucking, you know, uh, some absolutes and, and some ideas and some thought patterns and some philosophies that are not biblical. And again, you don't always have to just look at to see how it affected your life. You can, you can look at others and look at how it affected their lives. I often say this, and it may seem cruel, but I'm going to tell you, you know, you don't always have to learn from your mistakes. You can learn from others' mistakes. And in fact, you just have to only look to the Bible where you'll, you'll find many wonderful examples of people who were walking with God and chose to do something different, and then they experienced the consequence. So we realize that renewing our mind is just, it's the answer. And here's Paul telling us by the Spirit of God, let your mind be transformed and renewed. Wow, that's an interesting word. Renewed presupposes that it needs renewing, that there's something old, there's something patterned, there's something habitual that is affecting our mind, and we need it renewed. We need an upgrade. So we got to clear our head of all that mess. It goes on in finishing those verses. It says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Essentially, what Paul is saying here is, okay, offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God. Clear out your head and do not conform to the, the world's thinking, but, but let God's thinking get inside you. And then, and only then are you going to be able to understand what God's will is for your life. And it's a good will. It's a will that will please God. It's, it's perfect because God's ways are perfect. But I'll tell you, to clear out our head, that's where it all begins. I also want to read from Colossians chapter 3 here. We're doing a lot of scripture here today because I tell you, that's where the power is. That's where God's very words are the, the thing, the truth, the, the, the cleansing agent that can clear our head and get us where we need to be. So listen to this. This is Colossians 3, the first um, 17 verses. I'm going to get through this. It says, therefore, and I'm reading from the Amplified. You're going to enjoy this. Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ to a new life, sharing in his resurrection from the dead, keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not on things that are on the earth, which have only temporal value. For you died. You died to this world, and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, he appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So put to death and deprive of power the evil longings of your earthly body with its sensual and self-centered narcissistic instincts, immorality, impurity, sinful passion, evil desire, and greed, which is kind of like idolatry, because it replaces your devotion to God. 
Because of these, these sinful things, the divine wrath of God is coming on this world and on the sons and daughters of disobedience and those who fail to listen and who routinely and obstinately disregard God's precepts. And in these, the sinful things, you also once walked, and when you were habitually living in them without the knowledge of Christ, but now rid yourselves completely of all these things, anger, rage, malice, slander, and obscene, abusive, filthy, or vulgar language from your mouth. Paul's telling us how, by the way, how to clear our head. He's giving us some very specific instruction. Verse 9, do not lie to one another, for you have stripped off the old self with its evil practices, and you've put on the new spiritual self who is being continually renewed in true knowledge in the image of him who created the new self, a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, nothing between nations, whether barbarian or Scythian, nor in status, whether slave or free. Christ is all, and he's in all. So believers are equal in Christ without distinction. So as God's own chosen people who are holy, set apart, sanctified for his purpose, and well-beloved by God himself, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, which has the power to endure whatever injustice or unpleasantness comes with good temper, bearing graciously with one another and willingly forgiving each other. If one has a cause for complaint against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you should forgive. Beyond all these things, put on and wrap yourselves in unselfish love, which is the perfect bond of unity. For everything is bound together in agreement when each one seeks the best for others. Let the peace of Christ that passes understanding dwell, indeedly dwell, in your heart. The inner calm of one who walks daily with him be be the controlling factor in your heart, deciding and settling questions that arise. To this peace, indeed, you were called as members in one body of believers. And be thankful to God always, and let the spoken word of Christ have its home within you, dwelling in your heart and mind permeating every aspect, aspect of your being. As you teach spiritual things and admonish and train one another with all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. Whatever you do, no matter what it is, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus and in dependence on him, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's excellent, isn't it? You need to go back over that, read it, think about it. This is Paul's way, absolutely detailed way of how to clear our head. Everything he touches on here is pretty much would be, you know, several counseling sessions. If we could just sit down and listen and inculcate these truths into our life, they would absolutely change your life. So you might be saying, wow, David, you paint with an awfully wide brush. I admit I do. Jesus said that we would know the truth and the truth would set us free. He also said that he was the way, the truth and the life. 
Notice that truth is a key to the way and to life. It's the center. It's the very thing that opens up the door to us experiencing a good life. And, and living in this world of chaotic, panicked, fearful, you know, it, it could be the end. Who knows? But folks, I'll tell you, if you want to walk in peace, if you want to be able to have the mind of Christ, which the scripture says we've been given, then we should be able to view this world from his perspective. If we have the mind of Christ, then shouldn't we be able to look at it the way he does? In other words, to say, you know what? Give it, give it your best shot. Jesus already defeated you on the cross. This thing is a done deal. All of this is just acting out. God has a, a solution to every problem they create. And all of it is being exposed. And, and it's, it's really what's going on here is the enemy is now just out in the open. He's caught. He's trapped. So the thoughts of man, such as doing, doing evil to bring good, you know, that whole idea, or morality, people think it's outdated, or that human life should be valued on a sliding scale, you know. The Bible tells us all those things are bankrupt values. They're just, they're, they're not going to bring life. You can't, you can't reward good with evil, and you can't defeat evil with evil whatever you think is evil, and that God has created us the way he's created us and to function in, in a way that he's created us to function, and that's how we're going to function best, since after all, he made us. I find that too many professing Christians are not clear-headed thinkers. They're relying upon their own theories to help them navigate this create this, this chaotic world. And what makes it hard for those who have walked in lies all their life, now listen to this, what makes it hard for those who have walked in so many years in this kind of, this kind of, uh, you know, world of darkness, that out of pride they must defend their decisions by becoming irrational or just plain deceptive? In other words, they're not going to come clean and say, "What are you talking about? You're trying to tell me that 30, 40, 50 years of my life I've wasted listening to lies?" Uh, it takes an incredible amount of humility to admit that. And so what we see in society now is people just doubling down and they're becoming irrational. We're watching that. We're seeing it. More and more people are looking at that saying, um, have you lost your mind? Well, maybe they have. Yeah, the kinds, what, we're, what I'm talking about, this, this kind of describes, again, what we're seeing and reading about every single day. And of course, we have a whole lot of that biblical perspective to view the world through. So, folks, it's time for an eye exam. It's time for us to see, are, are we seeing clearly? Are we thinking clearly? Are we clear-headed? Are we ready to handle what's going on in this world? Well, the, the Bible tells, that, that, tells us that we can be and that you can come to the Lord and you can let his word transform your mind so that you can embrace and see clearly what's going on and then be able to either step back and let God do it or there may be times when we need to rise up and we need to speak out and we need to challenge and we need to maybe even pick it or you know, um, do what we can to communicate to the world where we're not going to take what you're talking about. It, it might come to that. But either way, it's going to be something that we've thought through and that God has led us to do and that peace of God that passes understanding will surround us. 
Thanks again, folks, for joining me on Take a Knee. You have a great week.